Week two of college football, and boy, do we have some big-time matchups coming our way this weekend. Probably none bigger than 11th-ranked Texas taking on third-ranked Alabama in Tuscaloosa. That game is right here on ESPN at 7 p.m. Eastern. Amber and Ian is on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We welcome in Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte here on Amber and Ian. And Chris, you've got, I mean, it doesn't get bigger than you've got on Saturday. Texas at Alabama. This game is in Tuscaloosa. You had them in Austin last year. We all remember how wild that game was. How important, Chris, are these big-time college football matchups that actually occur on campuses, not on a neutral site? How important are they for college football? I think they're incredibly important. Thanks for the question. Thanks for having me on. I think that our fans, just the general football fan. Uh, uh, loves these games. And, and for us to have a game of this magnitude, I think next year we have uh, Michigan and then the following year we have Ohio State. So we're always trying to test ourselves against the very best. But when you have historical brands like Alabama and Texas, uh, they're just they're needed for the game. And I'm so excited for this weekend. Yeah, and Amber made, I think, a, a key point there on campus. Why aren't more athletic directors willing to go home and home like you are? You're more than willing. You'll play anywhere right now on asphalt if you want them to, right? If the check clears. So why aren't more athletic directors open to not just a neutral site, but going to campus? Well, and I think it's, it depends on the seat you're in and games you can get. I, I, I think now that you remember when was, everyone looks at a, at a, at a 10-game schedule or a nine-game conference schedule, and I was back in the day, remember we only had 10 conference games. Now you have 12 conference games. Now you, I mean, 12 games you scheduled. We have a, a uh, nine-game conference schedule in the Big 12. And what you're trying to do is get, you're always trying to win your conference. So it depends on the school you had in the position. Sometimes it depends on the financial ability of your institution. When I worked at schools where we had to go places because they, we needed to buy games. And uh, uh, I worked at places where we had to play two by games and it put ourselves in a serious disadvantage playing two by games plus trying to play a conference schedule and put our kids in the very best position to win a conference. So I think it all depends on the position you're in at a place like Texas and understand the brand and who we represent. A national schedule is who we are. We've never played a one double A opponent in our history. We don't intend to now, but we're always going to put ourselves and our program in a position where we will play the very best in a, in a, as a non-conference schedule year in and year out. That's what we're going to tr- always do. Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte joining us here on Amber and Ian, 7 p.m. on Saturday on ESPN. You get that Texas-Alabama matchup. And Chris, I'm going to pull back the curtain for a moment here because right before you jumped on with us, uh, <laughs> Ian Fitzsimmons was trying to convince me, and, and you guys, of course, are in Tuscaloosa this weekend. Ian Fitzsimmons was trying to convince me that Tuscaloosa, Alabama is the home of excellent sushi, and I have a really hard time believing it. I'm telling you guys, <laughs> CDC, it's called Chuck's, man. Chris Edding's joint. If his mom is there, even when she's not there, it's amazing. But Herb Street didn't believe me. No one believes me. I'm, I pro- you have C- hey, CDC, you got Herbie's number. Go ahead and text him and go on, is Fitz full of it or is Chuck's sushi really good? It is absolutely some of the best you will ever have. I promise you. Well, you know, Fitz has never been shy to shy away from a good meal. So if he's going to give you a recommendation, then you got to take his recommendation because he is a connoisseur of the of the of the, of the, of the fork and knife. 
I am. I promise you. So I, that's just, fair. I just don't know if Tuscaloosa, Alabama, could have sushi, but I get hey. it. I'm, but I promise you, it is. I, I, we don't know what type of fish they're serving, but it's an incredible sushi place. Yellowfin on down. I promise. I hate both of you. I that really bass do. that's in the, the <laughs> See, Hey, this one. This was. This is one of those games. There's certain games, not just in a year, but also just you know over a sta- over a few years that separate themselves. And to me. This is one of those games, looking at it from afar. You're right there. You are the AD of Texas. How important is this game for Texas Longhorn football? I mean, I, I think that this is not a cliche. It, with, with, with a 12-game schedule, every game is critical. Uh, you know, for us, to, uh, to we played Rice last week, and we're coming off uh, getting a whole bunch of new young guys to get in and play and see where we're at. Uh, for us to go play a, a team like uh, Alabama, and it's arguably – the greatest team in the modern era. What Coach Saban has done there is amazing, simply amazing. When you consider success of past teams, is always, when they go, boy, this team was great back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, they had unlimited scholarships. What he's done in the 85 scholarship limit is, is just something to behold. And, and uh, uh, my great friend Greg Burns, the AD there, and we constantly talk about what they've built. And for us to go in there, it's a great measuring stick to see where we're at and to see and look at where we're at to trying to accomplish our ultimate goals. And that's at the University of Texas. Our, our goals are to compete for championships and uh, to have a game like this uh, right now was, is, is fantastic. And we're excited about that opportunity. Texas AD Chris Del Conte joining us here on Amber and Ian. Chris, when your school and Oklahoma announced that they were leaving the Big 12 for the SEC, it created a domino effect and an arms race, it feels like, amongst all the conferences to try to keep up with that decision. Were you aware when you all made that decision at Texas, sort of the effect that that would have across the landscape of college football? Do you feel responsible for that at all? What do you make of what's happening here amongst the conferences? Amber, I, I appreciate you trying to go fishing right now, but the reality <laughs> of this conversation was we made a decision what's best for the University of Texas and, and looking at the landscape of, of, you know, not having a, not having playing traditional rivals, meaning not having A&M in Arkansas. For a lot of our fans, Arkansas is, is one of our greatest rivals. The head coach uh, at Arkansas, Dar- uh, Frank Broyles and Daryl Royal, played the last game and retired together in 1976. A&M not playing the Aggies has been these big games that when you think about regional games, they mean so much to people. They, the water cooler and our families and everything around college football is our culture against your culture, our band against your band, our colors, everything centered around it is what made college so great. Well, it's completely different than the pros. So for us, we were looking at a decision when we knew it was, it was, it was coming to the end of, of where we were at. We wanted to be in a place where we can bring back those games and, 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 and those traditions and, and, and put our program with, with the teams that we felt was best for us. And we made a decision solely on that. And Oklahoma made this decision for them that was best for them. Uh, anticipating a domino effect of, of what has taken place did not. We know conference shifts have been happening since the dawn of time. I mean, the University of Chicago was in the Big Ten. Tulane used to be in the, uh, in the SEC. Arizona, Arizona State used to be in the border league. Colorado used to be in the big eight. See, we've known all these things have happened. We just made this time. It was just time for us to, at this point in time to make a decision was best for the University of Texas. How ready are you for the transition right now because it's on your doorstep? 
You know, Ian, we're not even focusing on that. And I mean that sincerely. So we, we know the excitement is there, but it's a year from now. We have to we have to live and breathe where our feet are today. And we know that our goal is, is to – we have 20 sports competing in the Big 12 this year. Our goal is to win 20 conference championships and to compete for national championships. We've won back-to-back Director's Cups for the best overall athletic program in the country this past year. We would have won our third. But believe it or not, as our rowing team was rowing down the river to win our third Director's Cup, a flock of geese hit our boat and knocked us out. <laughs> or we would, oh, we would have won our third championship. So I really love where our program is. But we need to focus on the here and now and not what happens a year from now. Chris Del Conte joining us, Texas Athletic Director. And you mentioned there that you oversee 20 sports that are trying to compete for championships. When we get so caught up with these athletic departments, we have a tendency to just focus on football, Chris. But of course, your job extends so far beyond that. So I'm always curious when I talk to athletic directors, because I am fascinated by your job at a major university, what is the most difficult component of being the athletic director of Texas? I always say that's a great question. You know, and and I, I run an enterprise based on people's passion and rational people become irrational when it comes to their passion. And that can be student athletes. It can be coaches. It can be fans. It can be institutional administration. It can be everybody when they're passionate about their passion, they become irrational. And that is the greatest thing about sport is you're dealing with passionate people across all levels, our staff, they're truly passionate. And sometimes that's the hard part of the job because you're dealing with people that are just so passionate. Sometimes things can get out a little, a little out of kilt and your job is to be level headed, never get too high, too low, and just work within the passion that we have to put, to give our students the best experience they can have. But in, in every sport, I can tell you, if you're a tennis coach and a tennis player, they're passionate about and they want to win a national championship. We know all eyes are on football, but those student athletes for who they are here, we've won 15 national championships in the last three years. And I think we've won almost 50 conference championships. They are just about as hungry as our football team is to be successful in their particular endeavor. And, and that's what makes this job so fantastic. At what point do you decide whether that you're wearing the suit to a game or no suit to a game? Because it's going to be a little steamy in Tuscaloosa, as it is in Austin and where I live in Dallas and where you know Amber lives in Miami. When do you decide whether it's suit or no suit? Uh, Ian, you know better than that. I'm suited and booted every time every we go out. I, I leave I the house. It. I know it. I know it. Explain to people why you hate the 11 a.m. kick, especially for a home game. Why I hate it? Well, because it doesn't, you, don't, you don't have enough time to get everyone tuned up. I mean, on the road, I love it because you get you're not in the hotel all day. But at home, I like you need a, you need an after, you need a late evening game because then you have all day on campus. We're bringing a hundred thousand people to campus to celebrate our institution, celebrate the University of Texas, and what our belief what starts here changes the world. And at eleven a.m., it just compresses everything so so soon, and it, and it may, and it's just so difficult to operate that way. But I love an eleven a.m. road game. Because you're in and out of there before you know it. But at home, um, uh, you get that cold beer sold, right? You got to sell that cold beer and that vino. I mean, hey, everything about a home game, I need a 7 p.m. start to be lovely. (laughs) (laughs) CDC, good luck. Yeah, the concession revenue is mucho bueno at 7. Well, this one on Saturday, yes, 7 p.m. Eastern, plenty of time to get revved up for this one. You can watch that game on ESPN. Texas Athletic Director Chris Del Conte. Chris, thanks so much for your time. 
Appreciate y'all. Have a great day. You too, man. Uh, he's 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 different, Amber. He's different. Well, he is ready to go because boy, do they do they have a big one, a big one on ESPN coming up next. We are going to look ahead to the weekend in college football. Get you ready for some of the biggest matches coming your way. Amber and Ian's on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Two minutes left in the second quarter. Detroit, Kansas City heading towards the half. It is a tie game. James Steele, our resident Chiefs fan. He's got his Chiefs jersey on tonight, of course. He's not doing his job at all. He has checked out on his job of producing this show he is just fully invested in watching this game. And we are on such delays because James has the truck feed that at this point, Ian and I are just watching James yeah. to see what's happening next. Det- you know, Detroit had third and five right there, and uh, Kansas City comes up with a sack. But you and I knew that about two minutes ago because for <laughs> right. people who don't know, the truck feed is a live feed, the broadcast feed, and it is about, I don't know, what, about 30 seconds ahead of everything. Yeah, at least, about- yeah. From everybody else. So all we're doing is watching James Steele, our producer, and we know whether it's a stop or a conversion. We basically have we have a general idea as to what the hell's about to happen on our TVs. Yeah, so there we go. James. <laughs> he, he's out. That's James' contribution oh, to sorry. the show. Uh, did you say something? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, for you fantasy freaks out there, Patrick Mahomes, 7 of 11 for only 55 yards. He does have a touchdown to SMU rookie Rasheed Rice. First catch in the NFL from Mahomes, touchdown. And Good gosh darn thing I kept Patrick Mahomes in my keeper league. 55 <laughs> passing yards so Jared far. Goff, Don't worry, it's getting better. Jared Ugh. Goff, 11 of 15, 117 and a touchdown. Maybe uh, old Patrick, maybe old Pat, he misses Travis a little bit more than I was suggesting that he might. 55 passing yards, James. It's a little disconcerting. There's more now. Okay. Well, how many more? It's like at 80 now. Oh, great. 80, 85, Just lighting the world on fire. So we're going to continue to keep you updated on this game. But it's not just the NFL that has a lot of exciting matchups here As we roll into week one, it is also college football in week two. So let's start with the game that we just heard about from the athletic director of the University of Texas. Let's start with Texas-Bama, the game of the weekend, a primetime game on Saturday night. Ian, how do you see this one going? 
These are two massive offensive lines for both Alabama and Texas and two lightning-quick defensive fronts for both Alabama and Texas. I I can't wait to be able to watch this game. Oh, wait, no, I won't be able to. I'll be calling Texas Tech and Oregon at the exact same time. But, which, oh, by the way, (laughs) And you'll actually be doing your job, unlike James Steele right now, watching another game. (laughs) You guys are really making me sound bad right now. I feel like I've done a lot here. Don't worry, the bosses aren't listening. They're also watching this game. You're fine. Great point. Uh, be careful, Oregon, rolling into Lubbock. The tortilla heads will get after it, so be very, very careful there. But bottom line is the Alabama has had this one circled for a while because everyone said that Texas should have beaten them. If Quinn Ewers had stayed healthy, they win that football game last year in Austin. Everyone's been talking about how Bama is down and is the Nick Saban era over because they went 11-2. We talked to Charles Barkley about this you know, a couple nights ago when he joined us, the big Auburn fan. Alabama's not going anywhere. As a matter of fact, they are seven-point favorite coming into this game. The entire city of Tuscaloosa is going to be lubed up. The, the line to get into the Innisfree pub is going to be around the corner. I mean, get ready. This one's going to get absolutely naughty, X-rated. I can't wait. to for that to, sushi to, is going to be around the block. Chuck's, Chuck's sushi is amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you. I, you, I mean, you laugh. I will. But, we did have in, in in Gainesville, Florida. Dragonfly is an excellent sushi restaurant. So we and it's landlocked, and now it's still Florida. So I don't know if that seems I, as crazy. I as Tuscaloosa. promise you, calling an A day game there years ago. I know we are up against it, but Kurt Carp Street was calling the game. Darren Brown. We all went to Chuck's, and I said, "Get the sushi." Miss Eddings is here making it tonight, which makes it even better. They laughed at me. Chris Eddings, the owner, one of the owners, brings out some samples, and guess what? The samples kept coming, and then the, and then sushi was ordered. It's that damn good. You can laugh all you want. Best, I'm telling you, the best sushi in this country is supposed to be in the Pacific Northwest because of the temperatures up there. That's where a lot of the fish comes from. That's flash frozen on the boats. I'm not they get shipped to ever. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I'm just telling you, it's phenomenal. But anyway, next. I believe game. you. Anyways, well, it, it, yes, Ewers. Ewers. I always have struggled with his name. Ewers. Nine of twelve. Last year's 2019 loss, but he was 9-12 uh, before getting knocked out of that game. He was lighting up that Bama D. I think that's going to be the question here, is that Bama now has to prove it defensively. We saw what that offense looked like, efficient and sharp as ever, even with no Bryce Young there in the opener. I understand who they played. Let's move on, though. I'm, I'm not betting, by the way, against Nick Saban, like I said earlier in the show. Yeah, if you miss anything here, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Colorado, Nebraska, are the Buffs for real? I like Nebraska catching three. Why? Because they're only catching three. Vegas knows more than we do. They're begging America to take Colorado. Be careful, Prime. Huskers are coming. Watch out. Nebraska might win that game. Nebraska might win that game. I mean, another team that's going to come into this one, Matt Rule, he's going to be able to pump up his his team, right, with – man, nobody believes on us, you know, and, and no one's going to expect it. And Colorado's the bell of the ball. And that's going to be the pregame speech to his team. And it might work because Colorado might be drinking their own Kool-Aid off of one game where everybody has somehow donned them the next coming off of a singular game, given a good performance, but certainly could be a trap game for the Buffaloes. Coming up next, we will stick with college football. There's so much more action coming up in week two. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. James is feeling better. He's feeling like Kansas City is starting to put some stuff together here over Detroit. We will keep you updated on the action throughout Amber and Ian. Amber and Ian presented to you by Progressive Insurance. But we were in the midst of looking ahead to week two here in college football. Let's continue to go through some of these games. And if you miss anything here on Amber and Ian, check out the podcast on the ESPN app. So Ian, another big game that we hadn't gotten to yet. Let's talk Texas A&M at Miami. Does this one interest you at all? Yeah, I'm, I'm always going to be fascinated throughout the entire year with Texas A&M and Miami. One, Mario Cristobal being a Miami Hurricane legend, won a national championship there as an all-conference tight end. I mean, excuse me, offensive lineman. He's trying to bring back that Miami culture, but a lot of guys have tried to do it, and, and it, it just hasn't succeeded. Uh, so it, I'm, I'm hoping Cristobal is able to do it because college football is so much better when the Miamis, the Florida States, the Bamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Michigans, the Oklahomas, the Texases, the USC's, right? Those, those traditional powers, when they're dominating, football's better. It's kind of like in the NFL when the Steelers and Packers, you know, it's better, you know, whether you love or hate. So I'm fascinated all year long to see how that team hopefully improves, especially off a disaster from last year and with Van Dyke at quarterback. As far as the Aggies go, Bobby Petrino, one of the biggest backstabbers in coaching. Mm-hmm. How does that relationship continue with Jimbo Fisher? Week one, outstanding. Well done. Over 50 points against traditional, you know, directional U. Now you're a four-point favorite on the road down in Miami. Now I, I cannot wait to see with 20 starters back what Texas A&M really does or does not have. The offensive line is a heck of a lot better. Again, 20 starters back. Bobby Petrino calling plays. Jimbo Fisher, watch the knife in your back. But that's one that to keep an eye on all year long. And uh, their storylines just... There's dozens of them with both of these teams. This is a phenomenal game to watch and keep your eye on to see. One, somebody's coming out 2-0, and and somebody's going to be hacked off, and a fan base is going to be pissed. This is the real test for the new OC in Bobby Petrino there for the Aggies, and they are going up against that Miami defense, uh, uh, You know the best safeties that you, the Texas A&M is probably going to see all season long. You've got some really good names there on that D-line for Miami. But you mentioned there what Texas A&M did last week, and yes, it was against New Mexico, but they beat them 52-10, to 10, and that could be significant Because you're talking about a team that last year failed to score more than 28 points against any FBS team and struggled with putting up those numbers. So, yes, it's New Mexico, but 52 to 10, that could be significant. We could be seeing that Bobby Petrino has a very explosive offense there for Texas A&M. It'll be interesting to see that matchup for me about that Miami Hurricanes defense that looks like it'll be a very good defense and what maybe the Aggies are going to be able to do this season. So that one's hard to predict. I think that that's one of the most interesting. I wouldn't bet it with your money. I would not bet it with your money. Stay away. 
Don't Miami's going to want to control the pace, too, of that game because, you know, it'll be 95 degrees and a billion percent humidity. There's a chance of rain. We will see. Ball they don't have that in College Station, key. Texas. <laughs> they, they, they do have plenty of that as well, but we'll see what the ball control looks like for both of those teams. Let's talk Ole Miss to Lane. This is the matchup of ranked teams in week two. How do you see this one? Jackson Dart, uh, you know, played very well week one for Ole Miss. They have 78 quarterbacks. Uh, they, you know, they hit the portal with Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State. Will Howard is also there. You know, Jackson Dart was a starter last year. I, I'm still trying to figure out why those guys went to Ole Miss with Dart coming back as the incumbent. Played well week one. Now you got to go to Tulane where Willie Fritz had offers to, to leave Tulane and signed a long-term extension after the Green Wave Finished the season last year in the top 25. Yeah, the two-lane green wave. Finished the season in the top 25 and put dudes in the National Football League. Guys got drafted. So Willie Fritz, to me, is one of the class acts of all of college football. Could have gone and cashed a big check that said, you know what, I'm very happy right where I am. This is a fascinating game to watch. And again, this is one where I also, Amber, would not bet with James Steele's money. <laughs> I ain't going mentioned- near it. You mentioned there Tulane and what they did last year. Michael Pratt, of course, part of that, the Tulane quarterback, you know, so good last year. He had that big comeback win over USC. He started out this season almost perfect. 14 of 15, 294 uh, yards and four scores running more than 39 yards against South Alabama. Tulane has some offense to it. Ole Miss, on the other hand, you mentioned Jackson Start certainly solidified himself as that number one quarterback, 18 of 23, 334 yards and four scores starting the season. This one is going to be a shootout. This one I think is going to be really interesting. That Ole Miss run game is going to have to step up a lot better than it did against Mercer. I would take Ole Miss in this game. I hope yeah, I'm we, not just drinking that Lane Kool-Aid. Yeah, but Q didn't play a lot, right? right? So, I mean, I'm, he, he's, I mean, he did things we haven't seen as a freshman running back in the SEC maybe ever. So, I mean, he, he didn't get a lot of run. I wouldn't have played him a ton either. Mm-hmm. Um, this is we one, though, if you had to wager on it, you might want to lean the over. That's about it. But I would not take a side. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very explosive game any way you cut it. Probably back and forth. I just think I give the edge to Ole Miss. I don't think Tulane Tulane had foot five takeaways against South Alabama. That's not going to happen against this Ole Miss team. Yeah. Let's talk about Notre Dame, NC State. Be careful, Notre Dame. This is one of those be careful really? games. NC State catching seven and a half. Brennan Armstrong, the quarterback there, replacing Devin Leary, who's now at Kentucky. It's like quarterback musical chairs, right? Brennan comes from UVA, where he threw for over 4,000 yards a couple of years ago. Uh, we had you know, just an outstanding season. He leaves UVA, transfers to NC State, because Devin Leary left NC State to transfer to Kentucky. You follow all that? There we go. No. So now... <laughs> You've got NC State who's rested. Notre Dame had to go over to Dublin, play Navy, fly back. Did not have a bye week. I mean, did I they was, play Navy, though? Did they? I don't know. It's still, I don't it's, know it's, I'm talking about the air, I mean, the travel over, coming back, and then they did not have a bye. I know it was Tennessee State, but now you're going on the road. That's not a lot of a break for 18, 19, 20-year-olds, right? So, And you got the rigors of uh, Notre Dame and the mm. scholars that they have mm. there. So this is one where I think Notre Dame wins, but NC State might get inside that number. This is a watch-out, be-careful game, kind of like Nebraska-Colorado and Oregon-Texas Tech. It is not the craziest thing that you've ever said because UConn is in Georgia, 
But what NC State has had to deal with, with so far and what Notre Dame has had to deal with so far are two very different Ooh. things, right? At least Ooh, NC State yes. has played some competition. You had Armstrong against UConn, 100 yards, two scores, uh, ran for 100 yards, a, a couple scores. That defense certainly did its part against UConn. It could be interesting because of the level of competition. Meanwhile, you had Notre Dame, though. Absolutely just blow out. Their, the, I mean, just blow out Navy. Blow out Tennessee State. They are a rolling. Everybody feels like Sam Hartman, Heisman contender. You know how these Notre Dame fans get always after the first couple weeks of the season. Best beard in football, pro or college. This will be a, a this will be a fun matchup. This will be an interesting matchup. I don't think it's crazy for you to say that Notre Dame should watch out a little bit. Although I'd probably take Notre Dame in this one. You're covering Oregon, Texas Tech. That is your game this weekend. We will be destroying uh, steaks at Kegel Steakhouse and barbecue tomorrow night, uh, and then uh, before that, Evie Mays, uh, you know, barbecue uh, for lunch. We are going to go ahead, and th- th- this is be this might be your. No, you'd be all right. There's plenty of of non-carb stuff that you could go to Lubbock and 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 get down in a three-point stance and attack. You, you'd be okay, uh, but I'm telling you, <laughs> Oregon is one. I'm, I'm hoping one particular player is is able to go because he, the Iowa transfer at linebacker. Jacobs for the Oregon Ducks. He's been banged up, number four. I'm really hoping he's able to play in this game because he has NFL talent written all over him. I'm talking that worst second-round pick. So I hope he's able to travel and play. He did not play last week against Portland State. But they've got some boy dog warriors on that side of the ball. The Texas Tech front, front line is outstanding. But Tyler Shuck, this is the story, the former Oregon Duck quarterback, who Mario Cristobal, when he was there as a head coach, Pretty much, you know, going into the bowl game after Shuck led him to a bowl game, said, no longer, you're not my starter anymore. Shuck's like, oh, really? Okay, I'm out of here. Goes to Texas Tech. Got banged up last year. Now he's healthy. Be careful, Oregon. Be very, very careful. Why? Vegas only has them as a a six-and-a-half-point favorite after Tech went on the road and lost to Wyoming and Oregon hangs an 81 spot. I don't care if you hang 81 on air. That's impressive, and they're only a six and a half point favorite. Somebody knows something I don't. Shug threw for three hundred and thirty eight yards, three scores against Wyoming. Here's the problem: it wasn't enough. I mean, Wyoming they were they were down, they were up. Texas Tech was up zip, on Wyoming, seventeen zip in the first quarter, in the first quarter, yep. and just could not come through the rest of the way. Stunning double OT loss for Texas Tech, but. Maybe don't just assume that Texas Tech is going to lay down here against Oregon. On the flip side, Bo Nix was 23 of 27. Bucky Irving needed just four carries to run for 119 yards and two scores. And boy, did the Ducks get their money's worth in that 81 7. When I saw the score of that game, I thought there was a glitch. I mean, I thought I was reading it right. It's, it's absolutely insane what Oregon was able to do. This game on ESPN Radio, Ian Fitzsimmons will be on the call on Saturday. Coming up next here on Amber and Ian, has the first half been good or bad news for Chris Jones with the Kansas City Chiefs? Plus, where in the world will I be this weekend? Oh, baby. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. I know. Evan Winter, our very own here at ESPN Radio, 
He just tweeted out a tweet that was for me. Now, behind the curtain, he ran into the control room during the break and he starts saying, Twitter, Twitter, Amber, this is for you. And if you do that to me right now, the first place that my mind goes is that Damian Lillard just got traded to the Heat. Like, it's a woge bomb. We have to go to Twitter because that's what James did. two months for this. That's right. Yes. What feels like two years. That's what James does when there's breaking news. You know, Shefty, Shefty, Joe Burrow. That's the breaking news that we got earlier from Adam Schefter. That that's not that's not what just happened. There's there's nothing with Damian Lillard. However, Kevin Winter just tweeted out what we learned tonight on ESPN Radio, tagging me. This is what I did on a date. He's tagging my account uh, at Kevin P Winter, and it's a picture of Coco Cough, and she's eating her prepared meal out of Tupperware. Which I did share the story of doing that once on on a date in on my first 20s. date. And a if, first date. If, and one, there weren't, you, there weren't you, many dates after that. You would be a cheap date, first of all. I mean, if you're broke and you're, you're, you're as, as Ryan Matlack was like, if your credit card limit's kind of creeping up on, you're like, ooh, I hope she doesn't go big here. Yeah. Then I you was being been economical for my date. Me, uh, I'd have been did, like, give me a shot and check and I'm out of here. We didn't hang out long after that. Uh, <laughs> I was eating healthy. That. If you missed the story, it was because I, I showed up to a date with prepared food uh, because I was that much of an obnoxious health nut. Amber and Ian is presented to you by <laughs> Progressive wow. Insurance. I didn't say I was proud of it, Ian. I'm just saying it's, it. it's something, a lot of things book. about my dating it. past that I'm not particularly proud of. Uh, let's go ahead and get to your betting advice. We are far more proud of that. Bond, Bet till your hands bleed. We hope. Final two here. NFL first. Las Vegas. There it is. At Denver. I don't know what to expect from this Denver offense. Obviously, Russell Wilson and Sean Payton aren't exactly uh, singing Kumbaya together, but I know Denver plays some damn good defense. And so does Max Crosby and the Raiders. Give me the under 44 in the NFL, Vegas at Denver, under 44. Bet it till your hands bleed. And then on the college grid, I think Notre Dame beats NC State, but they're going to be weary. All the way to Dublin, back home. I know, yeah, it was only Tennessee State, but you still had to play. Now you're going on the road again to down to Wolfpack country. Raleigh, Durham, give me the NC State Wolfpack. It's seven and a half. Buy it up to eight. I'll take the points. Notre Dame wins. NC State keeps it close. Bet till your hands bleed. Tune in to an NL battle Saturday night as the D-backs host the Cubbies. Coverage begins at 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. So live action right now on your televisions. NFL has officially started. It is, in fact, week one. The Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City up 14-7 right now at the half. Has this game been good news for Chris Jones? He is there. He is at Arrowhead, but he is watching this game in a suite because he is still holding out right now. Uh, the Lions have, you know, done what they can here to try to carve up this Kansas City D. Yeah, I mean, Jared Goff right now, 14 to 22 for a buck 35, one touchdown. Got off to a slow start and then really got hot. And then Kansas City's defense turned it up a notch, you know, midway through the second quarter. So he, he's been good. I mean, I'm on Ross St. Brown, four catches, 48 yards for a tud. But Goff has been kept relatively clean tonight. And so if you're Chris Jones, yeah, I'm going, all right. I mean, mm-hmm. Montgomery and Gibbs have got combined, what, 51 yards on 12 carries? Yeah. You're going, if you're Chris Jones, yeah. Eh, they wouldn't have that if I were in there. So if you're Chris Jones, I think you're actually, it's as good news what you're seeing from the camp, from the Kansas City Chiefs right now. 
Yeah, I think it's actually great news. I think you're right. I mean, this is what you want. Jared Goff looks pretty good in this game, and so does his weapon so far. You know, they're only down a touchdown. We'll see what they look like in the second half. If you are Chris Jones, you want your team to win the game. I'm not suggesting that he's rooting against Kansas City, but he also wants what Ian just said. He wants Joe Burrow to look real nice and clean, his uniform at the end of the night. He wants there to be a lack of pressure. Oh, did I say Burrow? I said Goff. I absolutely have the Burrow contract details in front of me because we're about to get to that in just a second. But yes, he wants Goff to have a very clean uniform at the end of the night. He wants them to put up yardage against this Kansas City D so that he can go into those front offices and he can say, see, this is why y'all need to go ahead and pay me. Now, Jared Goff, speaking of, this is why I had Goff on my mind. Our very own Adam Schefter had broken the news earlier that he got his deal. He got his extension from the Cincinnati Bengals. He becomes the highest paid player in NFL history. It is a $275 million deal that surpasses Justin Herbert's 262 and a half million dollar deal. So Joe Burrow is now the highest paid player, the guarantee 219 million and one cents worth every single penny. When you get a franchise quarterback in your building, you never let him go. And even if he hadn't signed this deal, knowing Joe Burrow, like we do, he would have been out there on Sunday with his guys against their rival Cleveland anyway, but now he doesn't have to worry about it. He's got security 219 and change. Not good for him. Great for him. Great for him. Uh, this, of course, comes a day after Nick Bosa became the highest-paid defensive player in the NFL. And it's funny the way that these things work in the NFL now, because how long was Herbert the highest-paid in the NFL? You know, I mean, it not long. And, and and before that, it was what Lamar, Lamar and then it was Jalen and not long. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, no one's touching Deshaun in terms of Deshaun Watson in terms of the guaranteed. But these guys, in terms of their overall contract size, they just keep leapfrogging each other. They can say it for a moment in time, though. And this moment in time, it is Joe Burrow's thing to say. So he is now the highest paid player. He is locked up uh, for at least five more years there in Cincy. I am not locked up because I ain't going to be here tomorrow because I got places to be. Where in the world is Amber Wilson? <laughs> what is that? We needed that image. This is our new carried a tune there. This is our new feature. Voice guy. So this is apparently a new feature that I don't think the world needed. Uh, but it's a feature nevertheless that our AP Rachel and James Steele have come up with. Where they have decided to turn my travels into a segment. And I have some travels. Where are you going, so, kid? You got a minute. Right, Where are you going? going? So that's what this. That's what I have to do. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. Vegas. I'm going Vegas. to Las Vegas. It's my friend's 40th. We're going to Vegas tomorrow. We're going to see Adele on Saturday. Stoked about that. Getting on a plane Sunday morning. Flying to Nashville. <laughs> going to do a night on Broadway. Get to hit my favorite spots. I'll be home Monday. I'll see, I'll see y'all. Wait, hold Monday on. Night. Will she be on Amber the air Amber. Monday night? That's yeah, Vegas to Nashville <laughs> on on Broadway. Sh- Does Chiefs know you're coming? Because that's a hell of a honky talk, James- man. Watch yourself. Yep, yep. James is uh, James is kind of screwing me a little bit because he's making me reveal this with this featured segment. So I can't really call in sick Monday now, James, because the bosses now are going to be like, yeah, that's not sick. That's Vegas and Nashville. That's the response from James Steele because he is way too caught up watching his Kansas City Chiefs.